Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm here with you. Yeah, this is Ron, and uh, we are here with our good friend, David Hofbrand, who is from the other side of the pond over in England. Brighton, England, if uh, that makes it any more specific for you. Uh, we, we sat down to talk with him, and then we kept talking, and then we kept talking, and we kept talking some more. Yeah, it's it, a part of being Jewish, I think. <laughs> yeah, we never never actually stopped. In fact, even right now, we're still talking to him. It's still going. Yeah. Uh, but what we ended up doing is, because there was a lot, and honestly, there's just nothing to cut. We think it's all good and relevant stuff, which is why we were doing it for so long. Yeah. Uh, but we thought, instead of dropping the whole thing, um, we're going to give it to you in two parts. And so in this first part, we talked to David about his book, Jewish Jesus. Right. It's a fantastic little book. Everybody has to get their hands on this book. Uh, and we're talking about Jesus and putting him back into his Jewish garb for a great understanding. Yeah. If ever there was somebody that we could just talk to forever and doing the same stuff that we're doing across the pond there, but uh, really our, our hearts are in the same place and we're telling the same story. And if you have heard what we talk about uh, and you've not heard David, then you're going to love him. We've been trying to get him and get together and do a podcast really for the last year since we met him. Yeah. Uh, we are both so busy. We haven't uh, been able to do it until just today. So I think we ought to be quiet and let David start talking. I think we're the problem perhaps, huh? Well, uh, listen to this first part. Uh, this is uh, the first part as he talks through uh, the Jewish Jesus and what is it? How do we actually reclaim the Jewishness of Jesus? Why does that matter? Why does Israel matter and the church? So this is part one. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. We have a very special episode here with a very special friend all the way across the pond in Brighton, England. Hello, David Hofbrand. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, hi, David. It's great to be with you again. Yeah, you know, David, you you showed up just magically one day for us when we, look at this, do you, do you see this? For those of you who are not watching and you're just listening to this audibly, this is the book that uh, I, I secretly hate you and I love you because this is the book that we wanted to write. Um, this book is called The Jewish Jesus, and it's reconnecting with the truth about Jesus, Israel, and the church. And this is the most accessible. We, I told you, we, we bought a case from you and we're about ready to buy another case because we keep giving them away. We love this book because you have done what we've been trying to do in bridging this gap between the Jewish people and the church and to understand who this Jewish Messiah is that we are worshiping. What what got you started even just in, in writing that book? Yeah. Well, thank you. First of all, it's very kind of you. It's uh, it, it was a, a divine connection for sure. I love uh, you guys, and uh, thank you for inviting me to come and speak to you. I, I, I speak with you. I think um, one of the things for me was, and I didn't write the book for ages because I thought there, you know, there's good books uh, about the Jewishness of Jesus or some, and uh, I was kind of holding off. And there are some interesting books about Israel. And there are also some interesting books about the church, but I really felt several things that I started. I, I kept feeling like I need to write this book and others kept saying, and I, I put it off. But when I finally started, I started to understand what God wanted me to do was first of all, to create something that was accessible to the average believer, because it frustrated me no end in, in my teaching and speaking that I was talking to a people viewing this as though it's a niche subject, some exotic side salad that's good for people who like Jewish stuff, you know. And yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. 
Yeah, this yeah. is crazy. We need a, I need to write something that the average believer would just go, I've read this and I get a good platform in this and I understand now the relevance because this should not be a niche subject. I felt like this should be the inheritance of every believer and it's wrong. Second thing, um, I wanted to write something precisely that can, did connect the Jewishness of Jesus, God's heart for Israel, and what this looks like to restore this in a church setting in, in a way that is actually fruitful, doesn't over-romanticize Jewish culture mm. and get Gentiles pretending to be Jews, and, yeah. and doesn't kind of lead people to a purely political Israel position, uh, but does connect up the Jewishness of Jesus with Israel and with the church. And, and God showed me a series of three lenses, basically, which was the the lens of that, that turning that lens and focusing on G- Jesus as a Jew. And, and God mm. showed me that once you do that, you then leads you to have to answer that question about um, if Jesus's Jewishness was not a phase, you know, like a sort of teenage phase that he went through before becoming a Christian, um, right. then, 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 then you have to ask the question, how does he feel about the Jewish people? Because he's still Jewish. They're his family. He didn't, they didn't stop being his family. And that's what the Bible tells us. And then once you do that, you just have to deal with Israel. You can't ignore it. You can't relegate it to this niche subject. And then when you, these two areas, once you get these two areas in place, it leads you to this third lens, which is what does this look like then in the church? If one new man is not basically Gentile absorbo man who kind of like everyone just becomes the same which is what people mean when they see one new man. They mean you're no longer, they effectively mean there's no Jews. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. it's, well, there's no Jew or Gentile. But when it comes to it, the, the, the upshot of that tends to be that Jewish people stop being Jewish. And, and that's not at all what as you, of course, teach people. You know, that, that's not what it's all about. So I felt like people don't understand that very well. They, they, I, I wanted to write, Section 3 came out a lot out of ministering in the Ukraine because I, I helped run a One New Man network of Messianic rabbis and pastors together there. And, of course, speaking to them, I couldn't just be saying, you need to restore your Jewish roots because half of them were already in their Jewish roots. But what I wanted to think about was how do we do this together, Jew and Gentile believers? What, what does this look like? Just like in the New Testament, they wrestled with that. And the church hasn't really wrestled with that for centuries, but we are now, as you are doing with what you're doing, bringing back this idea that actually it's Jew and Gentile together. What does that really look like? And I, and it, I wanted to provide a bit of an antidote as well to what I would describe. I don't know if this translates into an American vernacular, but uh, the flaky crowd who are Gentiles trying to be more Jewish than Jews. And, and I had seen that and seen how that had put, it actually has put people off investigating the, the, the Jewish roots of their faith, the, the Hebraic framework, because they kind of lump everything in with that and think, I don't want to be like that. And they're right not to want to be like that, because it's like Paul says, no, if you're Gentile, you're Gentile. If you're Jewish, you're Jewish. But this idea of what do we look, what, how do we do this together? So I wanted to do, the, the book really is a long answer, but but I wanted to, it, it probably feeds into everything else we're going to talk about, because um, I'd seen a big problem, which is, People over-romanticize the Israel stuff. And if you start with Israel, you don't always get to Jesus. If you kind of go off into this weird, you know, like Israel, but it's not, you don't have a regenerated picture of a Jewish Jesus, 
then those two things are effectively separate. You know, you kind of like, I'm a strong believer, but, and, uh, oh yeah, God loves Israel. And it's like, none of these, these are not two separate things. So, so I wanted to write something that would be a bit of an antidote to that side of things and also would, would help us to define what it looks like to walk together, what that really looks like to actually fruitfully bring back, as you are doing with what your podcast and with everything you do, bringing back that Hebraic mindset in a way that is actually going to be helpful for people. So that is really the heart of the book, accessibility, but bringing those three areas together because there's too many times when people basically do what I would call a type of cultural appropriation, you know, where it's like, we'll take everything Jewish without the Jews. (laughs) We'll take everything (laughs) Jewish and we'll ape it and we'll use it, but we don't want to acknowledge its source. And if you do that in any other context, it would be considered Mm. cultural appropriation. It'd be considered something slightly offensive, but the church has done that in ways, uh, lots of different ways over centuries and, and I don't think it's God's heart. I don't think Paul, Paul tells us that. Jesus tells us that. So, um, yeah. So I think I think we need to help people to, to to get past that and to come into an accurate place of, okay, I understand. This is the heart of God. Yeah, I, I can tell, by the way, this is going to be long because <laughs> he's, he's gearing up. Here we go. Well, All right. yeah, you know, what is interesting about what you're saying and, and what the book is, and I remember when I first accidentally came across your book online and I had to order a copy right away. So I got one in and then when I started reading it, I said, I got to find this guy. And so that's when we connected and uh, started this whole thing. But, you know, what you have just been talking about is, you know, kind of the way we looked at it, you know, being Jewish, you know, none of us want to commit ethnic suicide here. Um, On the other hand, you know, where do the Gentiles and the Jews come together and fit in? And I look at it as both coming from divergent extreme ends, but the focus on the middle where we all have to come to is the Messiah. And the Jewish people have all of the things that, uh, that that Paul talks about, that we, we have the temple, the temple service, we have the covenants, we have yeah. all of the things that God has given, but none of it does any good unless you come to Messiah. Mm-hmm. And for the Gentiles, they have to come to that same place. And that's where we all meet, is right in the middle with the Messiah. Absolutely. That identity then. Yeah, I see, and I see it another way to think about it. I, I totally agree. And I, another way I see it is maybe just as a marriage. We're kind of like in a marriage. And the point of a marriage is not that you become the other person. It's that together there's something beautiful that is created. And I think there's a danger that the Gentiles have seen the Jews as a kind of historical phase slash accident and a, a sort of failed experiment that God went, never mind about that. Let's start again with the church. But there's a danger also of, of you know, the Jew, Jewish people feeling like we're it. You know, I, I, I'm not a kind of – the danger at times that I've seen is what I would call almost um, re-replacement theology, which is we're back, we're Jewish, we'll take it from here. And, and I'm not into that either, which is like, no, no, we, we need yeah. each other. Like in a marriage, we need each other, right? So we need the Gentiles. The Gentiles need the Jews. And we just have to, uh, the, any marriage is supposed to teach you to love more. And, and that's the purpose of Jew and Gentile coming together is that we learn to love 
more, love one another more, love God more, love others more. So, yeah. Well, there's been a, a legal separation for the last 2,000 years. And, and the question that they're asking in the book of Acts in Acts 15 is, the, the Jewish people are asking in the Jerusalem council, what are we going to do with all these Gentiles that, that they, they actually believe in Jewish Jesus and should we circumcise them? You know, may it never be, God forbid that. Yeah. Um, but now, now the question 2000 years later is you're Jewish and you believe in Jesus. Like we're the anomaly somehow. And so reclaiming that, and I've had, and I'm sure you've had this, I, I've had people who, who say that I'm too Jewish, um, I have, which is mostly my 13-year-old daughter. And <laughs> then I also have people who will say, you're not Jewish enough. And the people who are saying that are Gentiles. Yeah. I have Gentiles who are telling me I am not Jewish enough. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I don't I don't know how to be any more <laughs> Jewish than I am. You can reach me at my email at shalom at the Jewish road.com. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty darn Jewish, right? <laughs> One of the things that you you talk about in the book, and I, I, I've said this and repeated this about a thousand times since reading the book, and even just talking to you, I need to read the book another time because I love this. We should just start our own podcast. <laughs> just Just... All, all of these Jewish guys, but you, you talk about, uh, the picture of Jesus in the Byzantine church oh, and yeah. the layers. Will you, will you unpack that for a second? Just so we have a, a, a clear picture yeah. of the Jewishness of Jesus and how it's been lost over the years. Well, you know, I was watching this program on TV and it was, it was one of these obscure, I, I'm a bit of a knowledge hound. I like, you know, I like sort of seeing these historical things. And, and this program was about the, it was about an, about the history of Christianity. And and he was at one point in this old Byzantine church and there was this frieze on the wall and this frieze on the wall looked like very much the modern blue-eyed, blonde, Swedish Jesus, shall we call him. Um, mm. And um, But what was interesting is they did this, it was a very old church and they did this, uh, I've forgotten what it's called, but it's a type of, imaging where you're able to see what's underneath what's there and they found that this wall had had a frieze painted on it and then painted over painted over over the centuries like 1500 years or more something like that and um the amazing thing was the older the image because they showed all these images and the older the image was the more jewish he looked until the original one looked much more jewish and it just struck me that this was such a picture of how um, Jesus has been buried in layers and layers of tradition. And in the book, I talk about Joseph. And because this reminded me a lot of Joseph, because mm-hmm. uh, Joseph was covered in these layers of Gentile clothing, and he was jewelry and, you know, trappings, and he even had a Gentile wife. And um, so much so that when his brothers came to him, they didn't recognize him. His Jewish family didn't recognize him. They're like, and he had to sort of remove the layers and almost sort of say, look, it's me. It's really me. And I, I, I feel like that is exactly uh, the picture of what God is doing at the moment, which is re- taking off the layers from Jesus of shrouded people's vision of him. See, the Egyptians thought they knew him because they knew him as their savior. But what they didn't know is his humanity, his real identity as I'm a Jew and I love my family. Like I'm, I'm your savior. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to be that, but don't get confused here. And it says that the Egyptians heard him, Joseph weeping in that room when his brothers came. And I think prophetically speaking, you were talking about pro- prophetically speaking, prophetically speaking, 
this is where we're at. This is what's happening is the Gentiles who have got ears to hear are starting to hear that something in God's heart is like, hey, I, I still love, I'm your savior. Absolutely. Because Gentiles get very worried here about Jewish particularity, you know, mm. and, and if God loves the Jewish people, that means he doesn't love us as much, but this isn't the issue. And that's, that just is, the, it's funny because I was thinking, you don't get that in other things. If people say God loves widows and orphans, nobody goes, well, hold on, hold on. God loves everyone. But with the Jewish people, there's always this slight sense of this tension. But with Joseph is the picture that I think we have and that that freeze reminded me of, that painting on the wall, which is take off the layers and the, the layers of jewellery. That kind of reminded me of the, the way that Jesus has been made into this religious figure and, and his humanity has been so lost. And mm. um, take off the trappings of religion, the layers of all of that orthodoxy and the t- tradition and the view, a picture of Jesus. And, and what you get is a Jew, a rabbi, a Jewish man, the Jewish Messiah, the King of the Jews, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and so that was the, that really spoke to me as the picture of actually how we do this stuff. Cause I think people also get very confused in a way they get how I, as I was, I was thinking, well, how do I get to an accurate picture of this? As a Jewish man, how do I understand this? And I was expecting God to give, you know, do I have to go and study a PhD in Jewish studies or what do I need to do? And God spoke to me so clearly and said, rewire, read without religion, which is actually just like, you know, read your Bible without your, the filter of your tradition that says there's the Old Testament, there's the New Testament, there's, you know, the Jews had this, Christians, we have this, uh, and, and read without that. The, the 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 layers of religion and it will just it's all there it, yeah. the problem is are is is the problem like that painting on the wall the problem is the layers that have been put on jesus not that it's obscure or difficult to find it's 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 actually really hard you have to work very hard and thankfully you know christians have the benefit of 2000 years of this but you have to work quite hard to to read the jewishness out of jesus <laughs> and yeah, yeah. You, you know you, you, by the way you you said the magic word which is joseph and so now i'm just going to leave the podcast and let the two of you enjoy this conversation <laughs> well, you know going going back to your typology of joseph which i i just love that here it uh, comes here it comes well you know when you mentioned when they when they came into Egypt, coming in for food, uh, twenty years later, uh, you know they didn't recognize Joseph because he didn't look like Joseph anymore. But mm-hmm. the astounding thing is, is that twenty years later, when they come in, he recognized them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you think of the, all of the typology that's taking place. You know, in spite of everything that has happened historically, the Lord still recognizes his people. Come on. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's so much there. And and I think um, I think that when you start to allow God to speak to you in this area, because um, Paul says to the Romans, doesn't he? He said, look, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant about this mystery that a blindness has come in part to the Jewish people until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And that one sentence Mm. would have just saved centuries of 
persecution of Jewish people, misunderstanding of Jesus, all of what we're talking about. We wouldn't need to be doing what we're doing because Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. And the church ended up ignorant. And ignorance is just a lack of knowledge. And so when people start to stop reading on autopilot and start allowing these things to speak to them, like Joseph and what Jesus is even saying, and, you know, when they start to just read, the, I mean, I, I had a... Um, I had a great maths teacher when I was growing up and he gave us some great advice for the exam when we were doing this exam. He said, if in doubt, read the question. <laughs> and, and that probably stuck with me as pretty much the best advice because he's like, most of the time, if you're getting it wrong, it's not because you don't know the answer. It's because you haven't read the question properly. And, and mm. most of this stuff that we talk about isn't even that obscure. It's just that the church needs to be reminded to read the Bible properly. You know, yeah. don't, don't read the Bible as though the words Israel mean the church. You know, things like that. Don't, don't read Jesus saying the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of man, not man to meet the as as Jesus is therefore saying the Sabbath is done away with. Like you, that's not what he says, but that's how it's been interpreted and so on so so i think some of these things are come down to a, a simple letting go of the kind of autopilot slowing down a bit and just going okay what does this actually say all right we're gonna put a pause right there uh that is the first part of this episode with david hoffbrand so far so good it was great uh, you know the way david paints the picture of all of the dynamics of recognizing who jesus who yeshua is uh, within his cultural setting uh, is fantastic. I, I saw you jumping out of your seat and you just wanted to just reflect well, on absolutely everything that he's talking about, especially when he said, Joseph, it was game over. You were just, <laughs> the two of you would have just gone yeah, on forever. Yeah. Well, I spent a year talking about Joseph. Yeah. So, hey, uh, we hope that you enjoyed it and uh, we'll have all the links in our show notes if you want to find out more about what David is doing, who he is, about his new book called 52 Sabbaths. We uh, endorse absolutely everything he says and does. Uh, and until next time, uh, join us because very soon, very shortly, we will be releasing the second part of this conversation. But until next time, we say Sha'aluv, Shalom, Yerushalayim. Let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem, especially these days. They will prosper that love thee. Shalom. Shalom.